0: what is going on everybody welcome in to another edition of the daily energy newsbeat stand up here on this gorgeous wednesday november 8th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. Stuart Turley, my man, how we doing today? It's a beautiful neighborhood, but I think I just swallowed a bug. Oh, yum. Well, we'll go ahead and, and get that out of the way and dive into today. Speaking of menu and delicious things, Stu, we have a great menu lined up for the <laughs> show today lots of EV talk more harm than good scope 3 emission disclosures risk being too broad next up Sinopex colossal LNG tank bolsters winter sagas ply sitting at currently hundred or 541 million gallons next up EV makers turn to discounts to combat waning demand on the back of that Google's green dream goes downhill there a 100% electric bus loses power Causes mayhem on the San Francisco slope. There's a great video. It's a, uh, it's not good. Uh, there's an accident. No, nonetheless, and then Stellantis' new Ram pickup is an EV, but guess what? It's got a gas-powered generator in case the battery runs out. So, um, we'll check in with Stu on all of the the EV stuff for the day. He'll toss it over to me. Really, we got to break down what happened to oil prices today. Seventy-seven oh eight. That's about a three. And a half percent drop from where it opened up about 80. Some interesting numbers from the API from the API crude oil inventory estimates that we will cover. And then we have an interesting deal between BlackRock and Oxy. So we'll have to dive in and see what that's all about. But then we will let you guys get out of here, get back to work, um, start your Wednesday. We appreciate you guys checking us out. We know you got a lot of options and we do appreciate uh, you sticking with us. But before we dive into today's show, guys, remember... All the news and analysis you are about to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. Um, Stu and the team do a great job of curating that website, making sure it stays up to speed with everything you need to know to stay at the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. And you can email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. Hit the description below. You can see all of the timestamps and links to the articles. You can follow the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You can also check us out on YouTube at Energy Newsbeat. If I was a 15-year-old YouTuber, I'd slam my fist and say, smash that like button. But instead, I will just refrain from doing that and say that's probably the best place to support the show. If you are interested, I'm out of breath, though, Stu, where do you want to begin?
1: Hey, we're going to start out in the United States here. Uh, Synopic, Colossal LNG tank bolsters, winter supply, 541 million gallons. Okay, this is China's petroleum and chemical. Oh, wait a minute. Hunter's still on the board. Sorry about that. Uh, This is actually in China. So uh, China Petroleum and Chemical Corporations and OPEC achieved a big, big run. They put into service the largest LNG storage tank at their Mm -hmm. uh, King Lingo LNG receiving. That thing is huge. Uh, We need one to take a bath in, dude.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's a sign that China knows that there could be a coming global energy shortage, and they're just doing what they always do, playing the 10, 15, 20 year long game. Yeah, it's they, 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 again, this investment signifies their stance to make sure that they have access to cheap energy, regardless of what happens. And they specifically said this is providing a reliable supply to approximately 2.1 million households for the next five months, the company claimed in a press release.
1: Exactly. Now in Qatar and uh, synopic, uh, Synopic number two, they just signed a 27 year contract for delivery of 3 million tons per year. Wow. Of LNG. So Absolutely not th- insane. We are not only- left
0: out of the future energy mix. I'll tell you that much now. Is that a bad thing? I don't know because we would love to be self-sufficient here. We could be self-sufficient, but It is interesting. We are being left behind when it comes to the global energy landscape.
1: Oh, we are. And, um, you know, so here is the world's biggest uh, renewable uh, manufacturer of gear going with LNG with the world's largest storage and then the longest contract. (laughs) We're moving to wind. Don't worry. What's next? Okay, before we move to wind, I love this story. Speaking of uh, our favorite place, California, uh, Google's green dream goes downhill, kind of like Newsom when he went down them stairs the other day. He was giving solidarity to Biden when he fell down. And that was a great video. Did you see that, Michael?
0: Yeah. Can we get a quick moment of silence for Governor Newsom tripping? Okay, that's enough. Yeah, that's good enough.
1: Google's 100% electric bus loses power, causes mayhem on San Francisco slope. This is hilarious and I'll tell you what's even funnier is uh Vice President uh Harris went out there uh, as in solidarity and tried to make sure she did not a bus was in danger. This is like a major crisis for her. The SFMTA passed a resolution in 2018 to convert its bus fleet to 100% electric by 2035. But this bus, the Google fleet of 140 luxury buses, it had a, it ran out of power and then the batteries would not hold it. (laughs) It went ripping down the hill.
0: I mean, this picture is hilarious. If we can get the Andy, our producer, to throw this picture up here, I mean, this car is legitimately smashed. And I love how they got the the shot of the car smashed right above it. 100 percent battery electric. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you gotta love it. All right, because let's you gotta go to- remember, you also you get a you get a tax subsidy for buying an EV and then whoever gets hit by the EV gets a tax subsidy when they got to go take their car to get it. fixed. Oh, and and when those uh, that that bus is probably
1: 19 times heavier than normal bus because those batteries weigh a lot more than diesel it was but- eight
0: times more expensive, all to the detriment of the U.S. taxpayer. So, oh, absolutely.
1: Yay. Yay. All right. Let's have some fun here. Oh, uh EV uh, makers turn to discounts to combat waning the demand. This one, some automakers such as Hyundai and Ford Motor are offering cash rebates as high as 7,500 on some models. So that's beyond the tax credits, so not only companies like Ford losing per car, they're now going to go lose $30,000 per car.
0: That's cool. Let's lose more money. Did, did, did you find it funny that um, speaking of these automakers, not to make a, a slight left turn here, but most of them have settled with uh, the United Autos Workers Association, as you guys remember, there was mass um, strikes yep. going on. They, they've settled for some higher wages. But you know what's interesting? They were sort of fighting against the EV push because they saw they were on the front lines of seeing this six months ago. Hey, guys, no one's buying these EVs. And if they're tying our future to this, who cares if we get a 40% raise? We're about to get a 0% raise or a thousand percent pay cut because they're going to lay us off.
1: Oh, absolutely. And here's one from John uh, Lawler, Ford's chief financial officer. We've seen the price come down much quicker than we expected. Uh, A little bit about a bazillion years ago, Andy Grove was running uh, Intel. And when all of a sudden, when the sub-thousand-dollar computer started coming out, it freaked out every uh, executive because the price was coming down faster than they thought. So all of a sudden, it's the same thing with EVs. The price coming down just totally messes your plans for manufacturing. So I I think this is kind of amazing. But this leads us to the next article, Michael. Stellantis new RAM pickup is an EV with a gas-powered generator in case the battery runs out. Now, I'm going to laugh for a half a second. (laughs) <laughs> but this is actually kind of cool. I Count me in on this one, and I'll tell you why for a little bit and then a yes, no. Okay. The truck can operate as a zero emissions EV until the battery dies. An electric onboard generator powered by a 3.6 liter V6 engine kicks on to power the vehicle after its initial charge. Here's the thing. It's like an old World War II uh, submarine. The electric batteries drive the engine. So you get that fast Take off, you get all that. But the problem is your gas and then the range on these things was crazy. The range on it could go down
0: 690 miles.
1: Yeah. I was like, man, this is kind of good. And the torque would be great for towing. The problem is the behemoth is going to weigh more than some of my college dates. I mean, this is going to be nuts. <laughs> hey, I went to Oklahoma State. They, you, If you had, you know, you went out to the dairy barn and, you know, hey.
0: It, wait, wait, this is hilarious, though. So a couple things here, Stu. Stellantis what? estimates that that range of the ram charge will be up to 960 miles. Not terrible, but only 145 miles of that is supposed to be powered by the 92 kilowatt hour battery when fully charged without the rest. So only 145 of those miles we can acc- contribute to the battery. What I love about this is they're calling it an EV. Wait, wait, isn't this a hybrid? Isn't this really a hybrid vehicle? It, and by definition. from the top of our lungs that hybrid is probably the way, the place where cars should go. Maybe this means remember Toyota two years ago? They didn't get into the EV space. Right? Right. What did they do? They went in with the hybrid. I think this is the first step from Stellantis who again owns Chrysler and GM so when you hear Stellantis right. think GM, Dodge, Chrysler, all that jazz they're dipping their toe into the hybrid space IR guy of the week on this one because this is a Ex- sleight of hand in my opinion there's there's about 16 sleight
1: of hands over here and that is very very good for them do, 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 do. Uh, they're, they're going after all tax incentives that they can because from a technical standpoint it meets an a electric EV. And, but yet you're going to get people like me that are going, Hey, I got to drive a thousand miles to the office, you know, you can't
0: vehicle, but you've got six mice in the back seat, losing their mind on a treadmill to power the thing. So, Oh, absolutely. But
1: then you sit back and it will power a house. So now you can burn your, I wonder if they're going to have this in a diesel model so that I can get me a diesel and then just kidding. Okay. That was bad. So anyway, we've, uh, let's go ahead and uh, come over here to um, more harm than good. Scope 3 emission disclosures risk being too broad. Now, this is out of the, the Europe uh, area, the UK here, and here's where I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a real problem here. The new EU ESG rules. And I think that as we see this, Michael, in the last months, we have seen more switching from renewables, from EVs. I've never seen this kind of story thing. And it started with the uh, the UK's prime minister when he said, we're going to kind of back off the transition here because the transition hit a brick wall and we can't afford it. Mm-hmm. This is along that same line. Where I'm going with this is you're going to see the other side, the, the renewable Green New Deal really flip out and push everything they can to go weird on, on regulations. So just buckle up for a lot of weirdness from the Green New Deal side. And that's exactly what this is. The re- companies through regulatory are large EU entities that have to have at least a balance sheet of 20 million, turnover exceeding 40 million, and an average number of employees of 250. This second and third order magnitude of recording is just going to be nuts on everything that they're going to do.
0: And again, nothing wrong with ha- making people disclose scope one emissions. I mean, that's just direct emissions from your operation. Sure, we can argue about whether or not those emissions mean anything, but I'm 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 not against. Hey, you have to emit scope, you know, what they would consider scope one emissions or direct emissions. But scope two and scope three greenhouse gas emissions do just make it really, really. It, it, it's almost the fugazi of whoa. Is that really you know? It's because now you're talking about specifically scope two and scope three or what second, third order effects. And it just seems to me that, you know, eventually we're going to have scope four emissions, which is, you know, not associated industries, but it's, you know, it's we're seven Um, steps away from Kevin Bacon. We're four now. We got three more to go before we get there. I think scope four is going to be. I thought about it. The I thought about it. Emissions.
1: Um, We
0: just we we. We announced it publicly on accident. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Oh, there's a a carbon tax for you.
0: This is emissions.
1: (laughs) Scope 4 emissions. (laughs) I thought about it. I mean, this is... is. uh, But for the folks that don't understand it, Scope 1 emissions are the company produces. Scope 2 produces indirectly, such as the electricity it uses in scope three, or indirectly responsible for the products you make. So here you are, an oil and gas EMP operator, and you're going to have to be responsible for the scope three of a EV that's got a car engine in it to charge the battery. Yeah, there's some justice right there.
0: (laughs) But guess what, Stu? As the SEC is going to say, well, you thought about it. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Just, what a, what a trail, uh, a thread. The energy
1: newsbeat thread tonight was phenomenal. You
0: pat yourself <laughs> on the back later, Stu. Let's go ahead and move over to the finance <laughs> segment, guys. S and P five hundred up two tenths of a percentage point. Nasdaq climbs about a full percentage point. Um, but I think the big shocker of the day, crude oil down about three and a half percentage points on a pretty nice tumble all the way from a, a little bit above $81 to its current sitting point, 7708 as we record this, um, somewhere about 545 here on be the 7th. What that means is just an absolute incredible drop from what happened, uh, you know, in, in terms of what I think people expected before the day. But I find this interesting, Stu. So we got the EP, the, the US API crude oil inventory uh, stock essences. As we know, the IEA drops their crude oil inventory estimates tomorrow. The API a day before comes out and says, here's what we think it's going to be. They forecasted a 300,000 barrel draw from the crude oil uh, reserves. Instead, the API estimates an 11.9 million barrel build, which absolutely should have sent the markets crazy. The problem is, Stu, that was announced at 2.30 central time. And at two thirty Central Time, we were already trading at seventy seven fifty, huh? as you would say, huh? Uh, Scooby. What's going on here, Stu. And the real question is, I don't know. You talk to Reuters; they tell you that, oh, we've got China's da- data coming out of uh, China is raising concerns about the country's oil demand, but they specifically mentioned the API numbers. The problem is, the API numbers, if you look at the timing, didn't move it. So the real question I have, Stu, is. Who leaked this information to the traders? Obviously, somebody at the American Petroleum Institute didn't keep their data unlocked because there's no way this China data affected prices this much. This has everything to do with the fact that the API is coming out and saying, holy smokes, red flags. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what the EIA reports tomorrow, whether or not they confirm or deny this do, but I'm not trying to dip my toe into the conspiracy, into your pool, which is the conspiracy pool too often, but I'm diving headfirst in on this one. Somebody leaked this data.
1: You are are dead on right, but I think it's all Also, so here's the real question. Who ordered it? We know Biden's not running the White House. Does he want lower oil? And this is a joke. Come on, quit, quit. Work with me here. This is a joke. Everybody on our podcast, he went and looked at me and I mean, his head snapped back and I was like, all right, dude, this is a joke. No, who's running the White House? We don't know, but it ain't him. Now, last year, Michael, they did say the EPA, I mean, they were coming out with the numbers. The EIA was coming out with the numbers that were falsified. That was documented. So who's falsifying and who's communicating with who? That's a a legitimate question.
0: Yeah, and this has more to do, in my opinion, with the API not keeping a mark on it, but it's going to be interesting, again, to see what, as you guys listen to this on Wednesday, what the EIA drops at 10.30. So um, we will be covering that in depth. I think the only other interesting thing that I saw today, Stu, was uh, Occidental and BlackRock did a little joint venture today. So let me nice. give you the headline here. Occidental and BlackRock formed joint venture to develop Stratos, world's largest direct air capture racket, I mean plant. Um, <laughs> BlackRock decides to invest $550 million to help advance construction currently underway for this Stratus direct air capture facility in Ector County, Texas. Through its diversified infrastructure business, BlackRock has signed a definite agreement to form a joint venture with Oxy through its subsidiary, the 1.5, which is obviously 1.5 degrees Celsius. <laughs> Good one. Good one there for the marketing team there. that, that This uh, new joint Venture will now own Stratus. This is designed to capture 500,000 tons of CO2 per year. Construction's about 30% done um, and expects to be operational mid 2025. Expects to employ about a thousand people during the construction and up to 75 once uh, operational. You can see the quotes from Fink and Vicky I Never thought you'd see those two people standing next to each other. Um, What's your thoughts on direct air capture, Stu? Um.
1: It's a waste of time, but here's the plant trees. I mean, that, that that's a better better thing. Now, here's the thing. Larry Fink, I'm going to go check with him uh, because he listens to the show Yep. that we, you and I have been talking about and saying that the reason that Warren Buffett has bought so much oxy is because of the money, the federal money that's going to the carbon capture that Vicky is leading the charge on. Mm-hmm. And he all of a sudden, after you and I talk about that on the show, here comes Larry Fink going, I like Mr. ESG, but I'd like
0: missing ESG that actually works. Well, here's Occidental. Do you want to know why he likes this? Because to date, one5 has signed carbon removal credit purchase agreements with multiple, multiple customers, including Amazon, Airbus, All Nippon Airways, TD Bank Group, the Houston Astros, and the Houston, Texas. So sure, it's all about investing in the critical as Larry Fink said in his quote the critical role of American energy companies in climate technology innovation it's also a carbon credit scheme Scam. That in on so yes. uh, we, you know we we know if Blackrock's around they're attempting to make money so um good for them um but you know but that I'm, that I'm, is
1: Michael that is a hundred percent validation about my comments about why Warren Buffett was buying it a
0: hundred percent. Yeah, don't, don't hurt your shoulder patting yourself on your back. Oh, I'm much. I'm a legend
1: in my own mind. Just bear with me. This is the only time that I'm a legend. I walk in for the dinner table and my wife goes, hey, Chatterhead,
0: sit down. Well, what should people be worried about this week before we ra- wrap up? Whether or not my wife listens to this podcast. Well, for, <laughs> I trust me. She doesn't. She's got better things <laughs> to do. She um, does. But we, but we appreciate you guys checking us out again all this stuff courtesy the world's greatest website www.energynewsbeat.com hit the description below email us questions at energynewsbeat.com for Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner we'll see you tomorrow folks